Welcome to The Rockcast, a podcast of The Rock Student Ministry where we simply have real conversations about life, culture, and scripture. Welcome to episode seven of The Rockcast, which you just heard is a podcast of The Rock Student Ministry where we simply have conversations on life, culture, and scripture. I am Chris. And I'm Andrew. And today is all about God's faithfulness. And we'll get to that in just a minute, I think, as we kind of unwrap. If you are a rock student, rock leader, rock parent, you're on our weekly update email list, you know that we're coming out of a series called Faithful. And so that's where it's really going to come into grips for us today um, as we discuss that series and really how it fits in with the whole year. But before we get there, um, just some catch-up stuff, talking about some things that you know pertain to our lives, um, that are practical, that are spiritual, uh, downright goofy maybe. I don't know. I don't know where we're really going to go with this next five, ten minutes. The meat of today is really getting into some discussion about the series and really having an opportunity to, to maybe say some things that we weren't able to say in the series or to provide a little bit more, I don't know, explanation maybe to, you know, why First and Second Samuel, why now, mm-hmm. you know, how does it fit into the big scheme of things? But before we get there and get serious, um, I'll let you take the lead on the, the catch-up. Well, sometimes we talk about different foods. Uh, what's the favorite food you've had lately? Food what's, seems what's, what's to something? be... Um, Common. A big, big, yeah, a common big topic. Some, some top foods. All right, I got it. I, I mean, like, I, can, I still cannot get this place out of my mind, and it's worth the drive. Oh. Okay, so this is, this is a very key thing. Yeah, so if you're listening, you need to write this place down. If you're an adult, you need to head there now. Columbus, Georgia. Whoa. It's a day trip. Okay. Let, me, let me vacation plan, day trip plan for you All right. and your lovely wife. All right, go to Columbus, go early, um, head to Providence Canyon, mm. which is about 20 minutes maybe southwest of Columbus. Beautiful little place. You can hike it, you know, and, you know, you, you take an hour or two, and you will walk down to the canyons. It's just unreal. It's neat. And then you can walk out of the canyons, and then you can make it to Columbus by 12 o'clock and have just an magnificent lunch at a place called man i'm gonna have to search it up really quick the black cow the black cow. it sounds amazing does it not i mean it sounds pretty different my one of my favorite ice creams growing up was the brown cow the brown cow this can only i loved it so <laughs> the black cow could only be so let me ask while you're googling and confirming what what's up with the uh like Difficulty level of oh, canyon. Well, I'm not going to throw any. To I'm not throwing anybody under the bus in our group. All right, deal. I would never do that. Although, in saying that statement, that one person knows exactly um, who. Uh, it's. I mean, one to ten. It's, it's four. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, it's easy. It's. It's like I would. Ha- I have a hard time sometimes going down to the gym from our office to grab a coke, and I manage the Providence Canyon fine. Okay. Of course, I had my son and, and then my uh, Ivy's, you know, boyfriend, Jackson. So a little competition. I, yeah, in there, I had yeah. a little energy. I mean, uh, Alpha uh, male it a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, I wasn't going to let them know. And, I, I mean, you're not supposed to climb the canyons. Okay. I'm not saying we climbed the canyons, but if we would have climbed the canyons, I would have hung with them pretty good. <laughs> so let's just say it that way. Um, so it, it's, it's easy. 
the toughest part is getting down into the canyon bed. So what you do is you go down. I don't know what the elevation drop is, you know, 500 feet. You go down into the canyon floor, and then you're walking, you know, in some woods, and all of a sudden you can see the tips of canyons. Oh, I mean, wow. just think mini Grand Canyon. And some of these things are, I don't know, 100, 200 feet tall. And so you're standing at the base of them just looking up. And, I mean, it's all the intricate details. It's so cool. A little, is there um, any kind of water or anything down there? Well, that's the funny story that members of our party would, like, laugh at. Yeah, it's a creek bed. Your wa- the trail is a creek bed, the canyon floor, obviously, because it's a canyon and all mm-hmm. the water is coming down it to it. it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's both, you know, mini creek. And so, like, if you go after it's rained a little bit. So if you went today, you're probably going to need some waterproof shoes or oh, boots. Wow. You know, but you're it's not going to matter because you're not going to get a bunch of blisters from like old school galoshes or just the you know the water yeah. boots or whatever. You're, I mean, you're not going to have that much walking involved. Um, the walk down really easy. You're like, man, this is this is beautiful. This is neat. You walk the canyons, and then you're a little bit tired because you've done a little bit of walking, and then you got to go back up that 500 mm. foot elevation thing, and it's a steady climb. I like this, and it's fine. Get your blood pumping, and you're in the car long enough to quit sweating, to catch your breath. And then you come up to the streets right there around the river part in Columbus, and Black Cow is right there. It's also a cool little bakery next door. I mean, tons of restaurants. We, we ask four different people that are not connected, and in their suggestions, Black Cow was the one that— Cuisine. What are we looking at? Uh, I had a ribeye for lunch. Whoa. It was a thin, small ribeye, uh, cheese grits— uh, with mashed potatoes, so I was carving it up after a hike. I like that. Um, Suzanne may have had shrimp and grits. Oh, that's laking all day. And then day. they had hamburgers, and then we had a chicken finger. It's pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, it's good. I can, I can actually give you the menu because it is the black cow. Um, they also have chicken and waffles. They've got hamburger steaks. Uh, they got a BLT dip, shrimp and pasta, fried green tomatoes, lobster tots, shrimp and grits. Um, collard greens. So it's kind of Cajun, but kind of Southern, but kind of... No, I mean, I'll tell you what it looks like. I felt like, I mean, like, you know, the tavern here in town. Uh-huh, you yep. walk into that. I mean, it's really small, really narrow, but really long. Hmm. And so it looks like a place on the square in Carrollton is cool. what it looks like. Because it's on their square, but their square is like we do an this. octagon or something. I mean, it's not octagon, but there's like many different squares within the square, you know. So it's a big, big like town. This. So Black Cow, top food, that steak um, has been... Tremendous. Hmm. What about you? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stay close, and it's a new open for the Carrolltonians, and it's Chipotle. Like I had never had Chipotle ever until about last week or so. I've heard mixed reviews. On All right, place. so I've got a mixed review in my own oh, okay. heart. The food, yeah, main course meal, burritos and burrito bowls, phenomenal. It's like Moe's better ingredients, fresh. Super good. But we love Moe's. We do love Moe's, okay. and I would say one notch. However, their chips are unreal. So you can terrible. get, like, chips and salsa. Yeah, terrible. Don't do that, though. Oh, don't. Chips oh. are terrible. I thought you just said the chips no, no, were no. good. The bowl and the burritos oh. are great. Chips okay. are terrible. Chips are terrible. Okay. So. Salsa's okay. Cheese dip's okay. Chips are really terrible. I don't know if – I've never had any other ones, so I don't know if they're just bad and hadn't figured this out yet. Yeah. Chips are terrible. And what you don't like is the fact that you have to, like, the <laughs> drive-thru right. is not a drive-thru. Yeah, yeah, warning to all listening. You cannot just say, hey, we're at Target. Let's go to, let's go to Chipotle real quick and order. No, 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 no. you got to order beforehand. The drive-thru is only for you to pick up your mobile order. 
mind-boggling. Let me, let me ask you this. Can I drive up and be like, oh, okay, well, I can't go through the drive-thru the old-fashioned way. I'll just park and go inside. You can do that? Uh, yes, yeah, you okay, can Okay, so it's not a total waste of trip yeah, if you're at right. Target and you go over there, always oh, totally, forgot to go inside. Just go inside. Okay. But it does take forever. Probably a 30-minute wait for food. But if they cook the order, that's okay. But it's good food. Yeah, if you just want a burrito... Got to get yeah, it. it's not like McDonald's where they've got they got all these Big Macs just uh, made sitting there, and they no. just pick one off. And, and it does taste better than the Big Mac. Well, some would say debatable. Yeah, strongly <laughs> debatable. I'm I'm a fan of. Look, all right. Speaking of McDonald's, okay, and speaking of, I could tie this into Faithful. Okay. Okay. Well, are you going off of food? I'm going off of food. Oh, hold on, really quick. Can I have four seconds? Oh no, I'm I'm staying. I'm going off on food. Oh, well, we'll continue, though, because yeah. I want to – don't uh, – okay, go ahead. You're going where I'm going. I hope so. McPlant. No. Call it Andrew. <laughs> what Andrew the, Tony. What just happened so, in our minds? All right, Faithful. McPlant? Let me just throw this out there. All right, so describe Faithful. I mean, like, define Faithful. Yeah, so it's almost like a, a perseverance, a giving – it's a devotion to something. It's a staying true to something. It's a yeah. – my look, my yeah, because you can be for. faithful in a bad way. You oh, know, totally. Like you can be he, faithful to drugs, and it's not a yeah, good thing. Yeah, you're faithful <laughs> to being who you are, and who you are is not good. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, God and his character is faithful. <laughs> it's this devotion, this perseverance, this, this is who you are kind of a thing. Do you. You're faithful to being who you are. Yeah. Stay there. All right. So, I saw this commercial or ad mm. or something that popped up. McDonald's is joining the non-meat meat business that's sad it is uh the the impossible whopper <laughs> i think we've had this discussion before i don't know why surely their sales are not up to where mcdonald's feels like it needs to join this world with the mcdonald's mcplant burger mcplant mcplant it's a plant-based burger and so my thing is this mcdonald's like there's one reason there's a lot of reasons why people do not go to mcdonald's mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons why I'd go to McDonald's. Here's some reasons I don't go to McDonald's. I don't go there for a happening good time. Mm, nah. I don't go there for insurance. <laughs> I mean, obviously. It may raise your insurance. I don't go there for church. Uh, no. Nah. I don't go to there to it watch a football It can be a religious game. experience sometimes, though. Right. It, definitely. <laughs> I, I would say different religion, maybe. Uh, I don't go there for a lot of reasons. I do not go to McDonald's for health. I mean, quite Unless the you're opposite. looking to die. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so, McDonald's, while I appreciate you looking out for my health, let me do that. Let my wife have a voice in that. I don't need you tricking me into giving me a McPlant burger. Because you Mac. tried the. Now, here's what you got to do, though. You got to try the McDonald's ones because you tried the Whopper one. I, I can tell you one thing I am not going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to spend money on eating a plant burger. Well, here's what I think you can spend money on. Yeah. McDonald's, mm -hmm. three new items. Have you seen these? No. Well, McPlant is one. Well, okay, so four new items, yeah. three of which are blueberry muffin. Okay. Apple fritter. Third one's coming in. Okay. And I'm trying to remember. I'm it. really mad right now. Why? Well, you're disappointed. They're getting off their streamline. That's not who they are. There's another one. Chris. I'll go to L.A. Day, Georgia to get apple fritter. <laughs> I don't need to go to Highway 27 North or whatever it's called and go to McDonald's and say, hey, yeah, I know you guys just made these apple fritters. It's same with a blueberry muffin. 
I want Suzanne and I to enjoy blueberry muffins in our home with a cup of coffee that we made, and I'm okay that it's the Pillsbury mix. And you I've just got kind no, of, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, yeah, I don't want McDonald's to give me. Now, I guess I'm a little hip, hypocritical when it comes to like a Sunday. I mean, Sundays belong with Dairy Queen and Shake. Theirs aren't too bad though. Well, no, they're not bad. I'll do that. I mean, and even an apple pie. But the minute, like, here's the deal. Like, I know there's a difference between apple pie and apple fritter, but you've already got the apple pie. That's sufficient. Uh, that's I'm true. good with the apple pie. That's right. Don't make it a fritter. Leave the fritters to the North Georgia mountains. All right. And maybe Washington State. Wherever there's apples grown religiously, let them do the fritters. Let's just do what we do best. What is that? Create unhealthy people with burgers and fries that can sit in your car a fry can sit in your car for six months, and you can find it under your seat, eat it, and it tastes <laughs> no mold on that thing. It's just thing. a little bit cold there. There's one so, more item. Right. This is the only item I've had. This is one of the new okay. items. Cinnamon rolls. Yeah, I'm just good with those that come out of the frozen section, Dude. and you just pop it in the middle, and it pops in Pillsbury. This like, thing was good. I know. They can be good, and it's not that they aren't good. I'm sure the apple fritters is they out of this state. Probably. Not out of this world, out yeah. of the state. It's probably good, and I, I'm okay with that. But why do you have to – don't enter into that, that world. You do what you do and let people come. I mean, you, you've served millions of people. You boast about serving millions of people. Why do you need to introduce anything new? Just do you. That's where companies start going bankrupt and out of business and Branching they lose their reputation. Yeah, don't branch out. Just do you. Let me, let me tell you some other things. I thought this was funny. All right. So other things that just wouldn't work. You think about McDonald's doing the McPlant. Mm-hmm. I, I would even say McDonald's doing cinnamon roll and apple fritters. You know what would be just like a, uh, a shame? Crystals promoting a salad. <laughs> you know, that's just that does not make Man, any crystals sense. Crystals rest in peace. Yeah, no, not everywhere. But around here. Yeah, around here. That's fine. Is that's the one Lord. in Villarica. Is it that's, still open? Yes, it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and so you can still go there. So that's the Lord removing some obstacles, you know, and some idols from my life personally. So I can't enjoy crystals, but every now and then one comes to mind and, and is in our path. And I, I, that's the Lord Oblige. opening and shutting doors in my life. So, but if crystals ever had a salad, I would be on that. Um, if Burger King, hey, we've got these new health smoothies. That, that would be stupid. <laughs> that, that's not their world. Five guys. What if they had, like, a little broccoli salad? Salmon patties. You don't go to Five Guys for, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what are some other ones? I mean, can we just brainstorm some things? that Taco like, Bell has actual Mexican food? <laughs> well, true, yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to introduce street tacos, you know. But that's kind of the same, you know. Waffle House starts making pancakes. That doesn't happen. Yeah, that's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. It'd be like you go to uh, some of the, they're not, it's not called, uh, what is it, Sportsplex or what's uh-huh, the big yeah. fitness? Planet Fitness? Atlanta Fitness, yeah. You know what they will never have in the lobby of Planet Fitness? A chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> because it does not mix. Those two things do not go together. And in the same way, McDonald's, please go ahead now, do us all a favor and yourself a favor. Get rid of the McPlant before you ever release it. I'm okay with that. I will Be never faithful touch it. to who you already are. Unless it's helpful to fertilize the garden with. Maybe maybe that's what I don't know. good it does. It I can't be. Know. It's not good to but eat. But we need to get off this because, I mean, we, we really need to get to some of the serious stuff because I could go on and on about some of these things. We all have opinions, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm just kind of strong in that. <laughs> leave, leave it alone, McDonald's. What about like uh, reading recommendation? Like anything you're reading that's kind of stuck out lately, or what, what? What you got? Yeah, and this is this is going to sound a little bit lazy. This is going to sound cheap. This is going to sound, um, I don't know, but I just want to say the Bible. 
Mm. And, and in that, not just, you know, pick random passages or whatnot, what but like actually go into a book, you know, whatever your skill level per se is, um, you know, you may need to go to one of the shuns like a Colossians, a Galatians, an Ephesians, a Philippians, you know, first or second Peter, and then really like spend some time in, in the book and not just to read it to say, man, I read my Bible today and, and not really have any kind of recollection as to what you read. And, and it may be sections, you know, um, I'm looking at Colossians 1 right now, and in the first chapter, uh, you know, I, I lean heavily on the subtitles to offer me some structure of that chapter, which is fine. You know, I'm not afraid to challenge those mm-hmm. and to overlap some sections, but this first chapter, it could be my week's reading. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to think towards Colossians 1 this week. It's a cool idea. And, and so there's different ways I can do that. So it's got one, two, three four sections. So that's a Monday through Thursday. And so what I may could do is I could choose to read in five minutes the entire chapter and then read back over the first section. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, read the whole chapter Mm -hmm. and then read the second section. Wednesday, read the whole chapter and then also read the third section. Friday or Thursday, read the whole chapter and then read the last section. Mm -hmm. Friday, read the whole chapter, write out some thoughts. Yeah, great idea. You know, I mean, and that's just the way that John MacArthur used to, he was asked one time, you know, what's the best way for you to memorize scripture? And he was like, well, one way to both know my Bible inside and out and hide it in my heart is to just, he would do that for a month. Like he would take, you know, one week, he would take one chapter and he would just read that chapter and only that chapter all week mm-hmm. to where his hope was to memorize that chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, you really just learn where things are in your Bible and your books. I mean, read the Bible. There's great books out there, but the Bible should always be the first and last thing you read and, and such. So um, pick a book of the Bible, and if you're like, man, that sounds like a good idea, wonder what book would be good. If you want our help, you know, text, email, call us, see us at church, and ask us. Or go, read whatever the rock's going through. Mm-hmm. That's another way just to hear things. Yeah. Or whatever we're going through on Sunday morning or Sunday night. It gets more familiar. Exactly. So, I mean, I just think that's, and so like currently, I guess what I'm reading is, I I mean, I I think I said this in a weekly update, like we're preaching through, and I've got a part, and you do too, on preaching is uh, 1st and 2nd Samuel. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been preaching through that, so I've been really trying to read that book Mm -hmm. inside and out and to understand all the details, although those details may not be spilled out every Wednesday night, but those details are in my mind to where whenever I say my little portion it's in agreement with the whole book. Mm-hmm. And so the only way for that to be confidently said by me is if I definitely know the entire book. And so um, really spend a lot of time in First and Second Samuel, spending a lot of time in, in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing that, and then also we've got a little workshop coming up for, you know, um, Mark, the Gospel of Mark. So I've been trying to get back in to Mark a little bit, our family is reading through Galatians. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading through Galatians, and Monday night's our night to sit down and read a chapter of the Bible together. And so I want to, in my spare time, you know, catch up yeah. and, and be able to lead that discussion, you know, a little bit better. So, you know, there's four different books of the Bible that I'm reading, and then occasionally, you know, I want to jump into the Psalms and then the Proverbs and other ones. But, you know, that that's me. And so by the time I do all that reading and spend a lot of time in that, the time to read 
something outside the Bible mm-hmm. is simply supplemental. Mm-hmm. It's going to totally. add to those conversations. Mm-hmm. So then I'm introducing commentaries or books on a theme that is prevalent in that book of the Bible that I'm reading, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I really don't do a very good job of reading outside resources. Mm-hmm. So, But there's a great lesson in this that if you're reading other things, but you're not reading the Bible, you're reading the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that? It's more wrong to read too much of outside and not enough Bible than to read too much Bible and not enough outside. That's totally right. There's nothing more important. Yeah, I think both can improve, but mm-hmm. I would always rather err on, man, you just you spend too much time in the Word. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for noticing. You're welcome. You know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so what are some, yeah. and again, we got to go. We got to go a little bit quick here to yeah. get to the meat. I'll give I'll give one just outside book. It's called "The Freedom of Self Self Forgetfulness" by Tim Keller. Super short. I mean, it's like nineteen pages or thirty pages or something. It's really cool. I just remember this one line from it that I thought was really neat, and it's this idea of often we think about ourselves too much. The best way to like not think about ourselves so much is to not think about ourselves so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we think about the wrong things about us or we put ourselves down, but we just consider ourselves way too much. Uh, and then this idea of, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say that, freedom of self-forgetfulness. It's really cool. Help you forget yourself. Is there one thing that you feel like in this season of, of your life that the Lord is teaching you through reading or through sitting through sermons mm-hmm. or through seminary for you, um, life and marriage, a young mm-hmm. marriage? Like what's, what's God teaching you currently? Yeah, I think one thing is to not be critical of others or to stop being so critical of others. Um, to be more critical about yourself, which is really interesting from the quote I just said, because mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 stop thinking about yourself. Um, but then just to like, uh, almost the plank in your own eye and log in, mm-hmm. just that, that, that dynamic, stop, stop being so critical about others. Yeah, I think for me, I think like of all those things that we've been mentioning, like I love, I love the message of Acts. Acts is very tough to, it's, it's not tough. I mean, but, like, I think I was really wanting to preach the last sermon in that series, too, and I'm, so I'm a little disappointed <laughs> because I think it's really beneficial to appreciate that book and the story in the book, and it'll help your understanding of the book if you really consider, like, let's, come, let's go back to how we started that book, mm. you know, and think about, I mean, just the blaze of glory that just came out right from the beginning, and, man, it's gone. It's off um, from a... 132 people in an upper room, you know, to thousands. It's crazy. Two or three chapters from now, and it's just fast paced, fast paced, fast paced. Mm-hmm. To and then all of that with this army of people telling the story of Christ, and to an army of people who become the church of God, an army of people only to see the last 10 to 12 chapters of the book be about one person. I mean, that's very different. Let's let's acknowledge that and let's figure out why. I mean, because it makes it seem like we've got two different storylines going on in this book. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. What you've done is you've taken a microscope and put on one individual to see what we've seen from the beginning. Only now you're seeing it in mm-hmm. one person. Um, so I think it's helpful to see those things and to appreciate. And so, but all that to say, I do love that story and have loved diving into that. But the Samuel story uh, and God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to us uh, as a parent, of kids who are driving, uh, as a child whose parents are aging Mm. in a season of life where things are a little more uncertain than they used to be in a 20 year old mind, Mm. you know, full of confidence. It's all about you. And we got Mm. this, I've got years before I die. So the older you get, the more you 
are dependent on others and your prayer life and dependence on the Lord is elevated, you know, this faithfulness idea has just resonated with me and I stepped into one of the middle school girls life groups last night and was just a part of their conversation and that kind of came from that and one of the statements that we made in that group was how like how does God being faithful change your life Mm. well it causes me to be more confident and it allows me to take the pressure off of me to where the pressure was never meant to be in other words God's finished this and the statement from the sermon maybe was that God has been faithful. God is being faithful, and God will always be faithful. Mm-hmm. Therefore, go and live your life in the scope of the faithfulness of God. And so he's teaching me dependence, and in some ways I'm relinquishing that before a prying needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to the crystals. Okay. You know, sometimes he closes doors or he causes you to have nothing else to turn to, look to, hold on to, other than him, I'm going to strip you. I'd rather not go through the stripping, even though that's where we grow the most. I would rather me relinquish that and come to terms with him before then, mm-hmm. you know, and that sounds bad to come to terms with Less him. Pain. But, um, so I would, I would get into that, which, which is a good segue really into, you know, the series of faithful. And, and, you know, our hope today ultimately is to, is to dive a little deeper into first and second mm-hmm. Samuel you know, to talk about some of the details, you know, that we have talked about, but also maybe talk about some of the stories and details that we didn't really get a chance mm-hmm. to get into. And, and this may be a longer podcast, and it's okay because people listening can pause, can turn off, so, can walk away. And so we don't have any any quota time limits. And so this may be a, a five-part deal for them. And so what I think is really important from my perspective and from yours and from a ministry's perspective um, is this, how does this series fit in with the entire year that is the Rock Student Ministry? You know, each year we, we have a theme, and that theme seems to di- dictate the teaching plan for the year. We do that for many reasons, but mainly it's just to honor the Lord and to make the best use of our time with the students and with the leaders. But it, I love the sense of our, our thoughts are guided from a theme that springs from God's word, and we're going to use God's word to chase this theme throughout the pages of Scripture. And ideally, like we're doing this year, from the very first page to the very last page, let's see how this idea and mm-hmm. theme of free um, comes from the pages of the Bible. And I think, you know, with faithful, it's the reality that that God is faithful, period, but he is faithful to himself first and foremost his own glory and the reality that he made a promise in the very beginning that he would fix the problem of sin and that there would be a remedy and so then the question is it's a biblical theology point when you come to the Samuels and you say okay Samuel is telling a story here so how does this story fit in with the story of the Bible and if the story in the Bible is that the Bible is about God working in his creation for our good, for his glory, by his spirit, and ultimately through Jesus Christ. That's a very broad main idea for the Bible. So then how does First and Second Samuel fit in? Where does it find its home in that overarching story of the Bible? And I think we, we got it pretty close when we said the story of Samuel is the story of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we're going to see that it's 
God's faithfulness to his promise that he made in the very beginning to bring a remedy, to bring the victory in this mm-hmm. issue that we as humans caused, Adam and Eve, sin, the fall. And so particularly then, how do we see God being faithful in the story of Samuel? Mm-hmm. And then stepping down from just a generic God is faithful. But God is faithful and he's working out this faithfulness through this kingship. And then last night was just a hammer, mm-hmm. you know, Second Samuel 7. And we see this very present king and King David being told by an ever-present, always-present God that what he was doing, the work he was doing, had forever implications. And so that's how Samuel and the Faithful series fits in with the year of free, where we're chasing this idea that through Christ we are freed from sin and freed to live And now, let's sit back and let's see the finished product, the very first series we did, and let's see the the reason we're in this shape to begin with. Why do we need to be freed? Imposter series. And now, let's take a step forward in the story, and let's see how God is working out our freedom. And he introduces and he works out this freedom through many things, and one of these things is the kingship, which Mm -hmm. cast our eyes forward to the coming king, whom we know as Jesus. And the cool thing from last night is when we got the groups to stand up, and in the same way Israel was looking for this forever king mentioned in Second Samuel, we know who that king is, Jesus. But now we, like they, are looking for this forever king to again mm-hmm. come and finish the mm-hmm. job, you know, so to speak. So... I said a lot there, so I'll let you kind of steer it from, oh, from, yeah. from here. But that's, that's why and how faithful fits in with free. Yeah, it's helpful to know that we don't just open the Bible and point a finger and pick something. It fits into the mold. So let's take a step even maybe one more down into that and say, all right, so in the story of First and Second Samuel, maybe some like glamour shots. What are some things that have just like, just have, have, have I don't know, just really stuck out in your mind? cool thing is, like you said when we started, this is almost an overflow session. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We've been teaching through it, and it's like, look, I would love to say this. Or looking at the story as a whole, maybe what's something that's just like, Post-game. man, I loved this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved it. I mean, obviously, David and Goliath is the most famous out mm-hmm. of it. But, I mean, it can still be my favorite, and it mm-hmm. is, I think. Um, I, I loved, and, and here's why. Not that story in particular, but, you know, the realization that that's only – like we, everybody uses David and Goliath across the board. You know, you watch the college game day and somebody goes down that shouldn't have won and they win and it's like a major upset. This is David and Goliath kind of an episode and they're not believers, but they know that story. Well, David and Goliath's story was only David and Goliath to everybody but God. <laughs> to God, it was just, no, that's what I do. And that reality that there's nothing too hard for God. You know, it made the quotes on Monday, you know, kind of a deal. Nothing is too hard for God. Uh, Zephaniah says the same thing. God works. Who can stand against it kind of a deal. Um, and, and so um, that, that's one of the realities. I love the Hannah portion, just mm-hmm. coming out of the gate with her song and, and how she pointed to a king when, when Israel had no king. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I don't, you know, some yeah. people will say, well, you I'm sure they <laughs> added that in after the fact. Uh-huh. Well, it's like Noah in the rain. Wait, what's coming? Yeah, yeah. And so it's actually, you know, First uh, Samuel 2, mm-hmm. at the end of her song, she's worshiping the Lord, 
because she was barren, she had no child, she prays to God, God gives a child, she gives that child to the Lord, that child's name is Samuel, who would be the prophet, um, God's spokesman to Israel, um, and so in her prayer of worship to God, in thanking him, she says the very last um, sentence of her prayer, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to his king, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, hold on, because like, there's not a king. There's right not now. a king, and and matter of fact, God would affirm that when Israel demands a king, and Samuel's all ticked off because he knows, and it's not been said yet, he knows that God is their king, yeah. you know, and it is God who says to Samuel, Samuel, I know, I know why you're mad because they're rejecting me as king, mm-hmm. you know, and so like. Why would God need to give himself strength? Mm-hmm. So this, his king in, in 1 Samuel 2 is not talking about God. It's talking about this future king that we would later find out about, of course, through Saul and ultimately through David. And then through 2 Samuel 7, there's another one coming. And we mm-hmm. know that king to be Jesus. So I would say David and Goliath and, and then mm-hmm. the Hannah situation. Um, and then obviously last night in the forever king from 2 Samuel 7. Because in some ways, both of those, well, and all of those, really fit into this this idea of the whole reversals of First and Second Samuel. In some ways, God of our God, God of the Bible, is the God of reversals. He, like you said with Hannah, he went from no baby to baby, from no king to king. Uh, David and Goliath, the the giant versus the little guy, the wrong kind of king. From Saul to David the right kind of king, yeah. from David the right king to oh, he's not king, and from the not king to the king. Yeah, and, and even from no word to word. That's exactly I mean, the right. word was rare in those days. But then Samuel, this child that we started with, um, but then also the great reversal is one that's not notated, is the reality that this book starts with the lady uh-huh. named Hannah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, what's wrong with Hannah? Nothing's wrong with Hannah. But knowing the context of judges and the condition of the treatment of women in society uh-huh yeah and then because like we we get that with ruth and it's like oh wow women are treated horribly they're, they're viewed almost as dogs in a sense in possession but then you've got this glamorous romantic beautiful story of ruth and then you turn to the next page and it's samuel and it starts about a girl named hannah and so it's like that that in and mm-hmm. of itself is a great reversal um that's not the way things would have been done back then but it was here mm-hmm. so one of the things I really loved, and it was in one of my sermons, it was in First Second Samuel, First uh, Samuel chapter seven, verse twelve, and it's this idea of when uh, Samuel builds an altar to the Lord. So the Lord had been working uh, in and amongst His people, and like what I'm just going to read it. It says, "Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin, and called its name Ebenezer, for he said, Till now the Lord has helped us.' So a lot of places in the Old Testament we find." Um, the prophets or the priests or followers of Yahweh building altars. And so what they would do is they'd sometimes do these along the way in certain places. And what they were meant to be is places of reminders. You know, Samuel builds an altar to God, right? He's making a reminder of God's past faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Right? It, helps, it helps God's people to remember that God has been faithful and he will continue to be faithful. You know, in some ways it helps me to like think, man, like, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of fear, in the midst of worry, like look backwards and you'll see that God has been faithful and that should help my outlook on the rest of my life in the present and in the future, knowing that he will continue to be faithful. 
Yeah, so there's a great song that everybody loves to sing, but it's one of these songs that's like, I have no idea what I'm singing, but I love the melody, and, and I, I, I can resonate with some of the, the lyrics, and that song is Come Thou Fount. Mm-hmm. And in that song, I think it's the second verse, it says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. Yep. I'm like, what in the world? Well, that next line will help you better understand what Ebenezer means. Here, thereby, thy great help I've come. Here... There, by thy great help, I've come. And so then you, and it's a, it's a, it's linked to the second Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, he called the name of it Ebenezer, for he said, till now the Lord has helped us. And so he's recognizing the help of the Lord. Ebenezer means stone of help. And so come thou found, it's kind of rooted yeah, there. So, cool. so it's just an old song that, and here's, I guess this speaks to our shame. Our songs are so simple and so elementary now you don't have to really know your bible to know the song because every song that comes out now for the most part is all speaking and tied to the weak preaching that we see a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's just very thin and it's Mm -hmm. it's water um but back then it was i mean solid thick Mm -hmm. sermons filled with substance from the pages of bible and now it seems to be a passage from the bible and let me tell you what i think about this Mm -hmm. um kind of a deal so yeah some some great things and um I guess reflections from the faithful series. Um, any any other thoughts or any other things that I like this idea that uh, this sounds weird and it's just kind of like a uh, I don't know it's it's not a hot topic thing but it's just hard to understand sometimes it's it's, it's uh, here I'm just gonna say it God's sovereignty um, God's will working in the midst of our choices uh, we had two sermons that were devoted to our choices right we had God's faithfulness. Um, in spite of our choices, but then God's faithfulness in the result of our choices. Um, we play a role in this, but we know God's will will be accomplished no matter what. We see that in all of the Old Testament. We see that in, in Samuel over and over and over. God's will is going to be done regardless of what His people choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let me turn it a little bit. What are some things like seven weeks in uh, two books... Um, one being 24 chapters and the other one being uh, 31 chapters. So that's, what, 50, 55 chapters of the Bible. Um, a narrative. So a narrative typically is telling a story, and so there's a lot of details, there's a lot of characters, a lot of different events, a lot of different places that you're going, but largely the storyline will be you know, somewhat mm-hmm. broad in a totally. sense. Um, and so any story that we didn't cover... You know, there's a reason we can say, well, it's okay that we didn't cover that particular story, no matter how good it is, because it would have echoed what we've already said, but just shown God's faithfulness in a different way, right? And so we feel like we picked some of the major ones. So what are some of the other stories that we either skimmed through or yeah. just didn't hit that, man, I, I mean, I'd like to go a little bit deeper into that. I really, really I know what to. you're going to do, so I can, can I say what you're Yeah, you do? say it. Yeah, David and Jonathan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, their souls were knit together. I wanted to talk about that so bad, but the, uh, the, 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 the story, the, the, the large section we had, we, that's mm-hmm. just really just a minor detail. Yeah. Even though it's so, it's so applicable today, it's just it's really cool and helpful. All right. So let me, let me press in on that a little uh-huh. bit more and, you know, not scripted or whatnot. So how did you, how did you feel going into mm-hmm. that large section? So that was, let's just say it was 14 chapters. Okay. Or do you know for certain how many it was? It's 13. It's 13 chapters. So you had 13 chapters to cover in a sermon on a, at a student ministry on mm-hmm. Wednesday night to where the, 
you know, you wanted to be 20, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 14, 13 chapters. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that is um, a topic that you desperately wanted to dive deeper into, but you know, there was a bigger picture there mm-hmm. and it was part of that, that bigger picture. So how did you feel going into that? Mm-hmm. And then now, how do you feel looking back on that as far as like, you know? Okay, so I felt pretty good going into it because I had spent a lot of time with first, I mean, like the chapters. I felt good about it because I know the story from past and from just current study. The hardest part about it, and I feel, and this is, I mean, like I feel like this on Acts sometimes, these big sections that we've been in it all week long. Mm -hmm. We're a part of the story. All right, how do I get everybody else there? So, I mean, just in transparency, I felt difficult in the middle of it trying to say, look, guys, I know y'all hadn't been in this as deep as I have, but I, I want you to see this. And so in that way, it was really difficult. Now, the missing, the, the missing things that I wish I could have been able to, like, to stick with or, or to highlight, like the, the David and Jonathan relationship, I tried to mention it well, but then here's one thing I know. It's going to come back up, <laughs> mm-hmm. either in my Sunday school class, either in the rock at some point. And I tried to do the best. I, I gave it uh, its, its, it's uh, ditty in, in that little time, mm-hmm. but I, I just didn't have time to do it all. I wish I would have had more time yeah. for that. And I think anything more that you would have added would have needed to be done individually, yeah. not as person-to-person, no, no, no. but like its own mm-hmm. week. You know, because I think you did a good job in, in recognizing that and throwing that out and almost saying, hey, if you've got radars up and you're in the rock um, and you're looking for something to read or dive into, that should have been your cue to go, okay, well, yeah, I, I want to uh-huh. read a little bit more on this. Um, because that is the, I, I think it's good for, for young guys and, you know, young speakers, preachers and stuff to understand. That's where this word genre comes in. You know, understanding the genre helps you know how big of a chunk you can get. Mm-hmm. But it's really doing that work to get to the big picture ticket yep. item, you know. And that's going to let you know how broad and how wide you can go. You can, I mean, on Acts, we're doing this, not 13 chapters because that's half the book. <laughs> but, you know, we've been, we both have had sections to where it's been two to almost three chapters, mm-hmm. you know. But it's a trial. And so you're not going to take you know, all right, they said this, all right, that's week one. And then Paul responded this way, that's week two. No, it's one big setting. Mm-hmm. So what's the big picture of that one big setting? And then let those little details, you're not going to go, you know, specifically into each one very deeply, but you're going to say, you're, you're causing the audience to go, hey, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I've done a lot of this work to know if you'll trust me, but then you go back and, mm-hmm. and you search this out too. This is what it's saying, right? And hopefully the little things you say to these details you could go into, hopefully that will suffice the audience, the listener, and and you will be able to, I guess, prove the point that, you know, we don't have to dive into David and Jonathan to understand this large thing. We can really say this statement Mm -hmm. and see that, but it would be neat, wouldn't it, to Mm -hmm. go through and really look at this relationship. And it's important to the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jonathan was was a role in the story. He's just not... In 13 chapters, yeah. it just wasn't the biggest. Yeah, point. he's definitely a, a, a cog in, not a cog, because that's a bad thing. A cog in he, Saul's wheel. <laughs> right, yeah, he's definitely a part in the story and one that needs to be mentioned, too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, preaching sometimes, that is the hard part you mentioned, that, you know, we pour so much time into it. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I probably spend a little more time than we should. And mm-hmm. we, we wade through it and we worry through it. We stress about it. Um, I mean, we could we could talk about that, but then we spend a lot of hours, you know, no diving doubt. into this to where when we stand up on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or Sunday morning, whenever we do that study lesson, 
um, we have spent a lot of hours, and we know that story well, and it is really hard to, you know, communicate within 20 to 40 minutes, all right, all of that detail and, and stuff. And, you know, we talk about, like in our workshops, that there's the, uh, the gold mining, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a deal, and recognizing the mountain you want to dive into, and then going to that mountain, and all the tools that it takes to dig into the mountain, and then you know, everything you dig out is not gold. And so then you've got to sift through it. And I think that's, that's a good representation of like what we do each week in our study time. We get this large amount of dirt and we put into this gold pan, but then everything in there is not gold. So what you do is you go down to the river and you get some water and you throw in there and you're continually sifting. And over time, all the stuff that's really, you know, helpful, like they helped form the gold Mm -hmm. and they're a part of what the gold's world used to be but now you're dismissing all of those and you're getting to what rises to the top you know it's like this glacier illustration to where you see a glacier you know and and what you see peeking up out of the water is only a tenth or a hundredth Mm -hmm. of what is underneath the surface Mm -hmm. the same with a tree you know um so that i mean it's really hard to kind of get to it i mean the pan and the sifting is the study time and then on the like the show Gold Rush, when you go into the gold room, here's the finished product. And I'm always like that's and, and then we'll go and you need to take back over here. But like on that show Gold Rush, I'm always surprised because they'll go the, like that whole hour episode and it shows their week or two weeks or three weeks. And they say, yeah, we ran 500 yards of dirt, 500 yards of dirt they ran. And then they're all coming into the gold room to see, and they've got a little mason jar filled halfway, and they're so excited about it. And I'm like, you moved all of that to get, to that. get that. And what this is precious. And that is, and then at the end, it's like, yeah, totaling $150,000. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's pretty <laughs> Not good. Bad for a week and a half. Nobody looks at our sermons like that, you know, but to us, they mm-hmm. are that valuable. Mm-hmm. And we will move 500 yards of studying uh-huh. and, and notes and stuff that, you know what, that was not beneficial or that was beneficial. And at the end of the week, we've sifted, we've got it all down, and we present in a gold room that is mm-hmm. a sanctuary or the rock. And we say, y'all, you know, I've, I've been mining all week, mm-hmm. and here's the result. Yeah. And why mm-hmm. do we spend the time? Because we want to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And we want to say, we, we want to say what's right. That's because we care about the mountain. That's because we care about what's in it. Yeah. For me, I think the missing part, while I do appreciate the David and Jonathan, um, I think the part is everything that's following from chapter 7. You know, the only only direction we went last night was to say David's failings, you know, of of 1 Samuel 11, or 2 Samuel 11, I think is where it is, David Mm -hmm. and Bathsheba, you know, and the murder and adultery and stuff. It's just we, we didn't spend much time in David's reign. We quickly got to him as king and knowing that he was God's king, and that's the important part. And then the promise to David by God to create this forever king and kingdom and throne, and he would establish that, and he would do all those things. Um, I think that was the significant part. But then to now, if I'm a student and I'm wanting to go deeper, I would tonight or last night or tonight, I would start in 2 Samuel 7, and I would read a chapter a day mm-hmm. and just finish that story yeah. and just see that, you know what, I'm, I'm glad David wasn't the king, you know, um, because he, he kind of looks like me. He you know, deserves. Actually worse mm-hmm. than me because mm-hmm. I've never committed adultery or killed anyone. Um, so anyway, it's just cool to see the story and, you know, to keep going to First and Second mm-hmm. Kings. And, and the, that's the crazy thing where it gets a little confusing is you get the First and Second Chronicles and you're like, haven't we already hmm. read this? And sounds, somebody and copied somebody. Yeah, what's going on here? So maybe that's a different podcast oh, to explain yeah, cool. like how yeah, Samuel King and Chronicles yeah, all that. fit together. 
So, so here's the really cool thing in the in the year of faithful as we kind of wrapping up our discussion on Samuel. Like the really cool thing is it's like where we go next semester. Mm-hmm. Like we've got a study that'll happen between now and then. We'll talk about it in just a second, but we're fixing to hit Hebrews, which is also um, you know it fits into this whole uh, faithful idea. And so you get this you get this chapter ten, um, and really the whole book of Hebrews is about Jesus's. Uh, being greater than anything else. And here, here's what Hebrews 10.23 says. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. This is what we find in Hebrews, but this is what we find in the Bible. This is what we find in Samuel. This is why we pick Samuel and Hebrews. is because it paints these big pictures of the idea that God is, God is faithful. Right, and so in light of First and Second Samuel, in light of Hebrews, in light of the Scriptures, here's what we should do: we should trust in God unwaveringly, regardless of what comes. We we trust in Him, regardless of where He takes us. Doesn't always have to be bad circumstances. Whatever He is calling us to do, we can know that He is faithful in all situations at all times. And what that does is it gives us confidence, like Chris says, regardless of what God puts in front of me, be it death, or be it a challenge, be it something good, something bad. We know that God is faithful to not only bring us to that point, but to 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 continue us. Yeah, and I'm just over here. I'm visual, and I know at times like you step it. in the office, and I'm just like, we just got to mm-hmm. ride it out here, you know. And and you mentioned, you know, the Hebrews, and that's kind of where we're going, you know, next next semester or really next year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even before that, you know, Advent, mm-hmm. the Christmas season, and and it's really cool how it fits so in cool. this way because you know you start with this intro of free and. And, and figuring out how we got to this point mm-hmm. of needing freedom. Genesis 3 and God's promise to bring healing. And, and so the rest of the Bible is, all right, how will God do this? And that's what my eyes are looking for as I mm-hmm. read Scripture. Anywhere in, in, in Scripture, I'm looking for help and understanding, all right, how is God using this situation to bring about healing? What part of the process are we in? Because we know Revelation 21 says that we will all be in his presence, or all those who have placed their faith mm-hmm. in Christ will be in God's presence, and we will forever worship him and be there. And it's just a perfect place. Now, how did we get to that? What did God do? How is God getting us to this point? And that's the story of the Bible. And so Samuel, we see that he's using this king mm-hmm. to do that. And Advent is a celebration of this Messiah coming. And Apparently, he's this king, and we get into the Gospels, and you see that. But then Hebrews, specifically, like, why Hebrews with Samuel? Um, because now we come into Hebrews, like, if we'd have started Hebrews in September, there's a lot of backstory mm-hmm. to say, why is Hebrews being, yeah. Now we are, because we've got this idea of a king. And in First Samuel 2, when Hannah mentions the king, everybody's like, huh? By the end of First Samuel, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, we know what the king is." You know, everybody else has got one, That's but we what got she was one too. About. Yeah, and then we wanted this king, but God gave us this one, and we're so glad that God got what He really wanted to happen because God's plan is way better than our plan. And David would also find that out. And mm-hmm. God, I want to build you a cedar house. Well, cool, David. I, when have I ever asked for a house? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to do this just like I've always done. I'm going yeah. to do the work here. And so you get to Hebrews, and why is Hebrews in the Bible? Hebrews is in the Bible to show us how Jesus is the greater king. Mm-hmm. Because now in the story of Israel and the story of, of the believer of Christ, they know the big deal that a king is and that they had a king too and that David was their king. 
In the same way in Acts chapter 2 in Peter's sermon, he makes sure one of his points in the very first sermon is to reference the fact that King David is dead in a tomb. We can go there and visit it now. But the real king, Jesus, is alive. Mm -hmm. And and he's commissioned us to tell you the good news of who he is, Mm -hmm. that the king is alive and the king is coming. Hebrews sheds even more light on the reality that long ago through many prophets and many ways, this Jesus was made known to us. He's it. Yeah, he is it. And then Hebrews not only speaks of the kingship of Christ, but then the priesthood mm-hmm. of Christ and the fact that he is a prophet. We see Jesus as the prophet, priest, and king. So you want to know who Jesus is? Told from an outside source other than Jesus? If you want to know what Jesus thinks about Jesus, go to the Gospels. Mm-hmm. If you want to know what those who walked with him think about him, go to Hebrews, go to Galatians, Ephesians, and, and, and all this. And you, know, you want to know how the church dealt with following this Jesus and dealing with outside world, go to First Peter, go to First Corinthians, and you go to these mm-hmm. books. And you want to know how people dealt with that, go to books like First and Second Timothy and, yep. and, and stuff. So it's really easy to see what is the flow of the Bible and, and what part of the story are we telling it. So Hebrews is really going to teach us how Jesus is not only the greater king, but the greater prophet and priest. And that's how our year is formed out. And then we finish up with like some practical stuff of like the big question, what now? Mm-hmm. So then how do I live as Jesus is king? What does that life look like? And we really kind of did that in the very beginning yep. with the gospel. This changes everything. And to say, and look, this is the finished product. This is what it looks like. Okay, now let's talk about why we yep. need this and, and how God made it happen in this person, Jesus, which Hebrews tells us this about him. Now, what is the response? Mm-hmm. And what are some potential threats to our own lives? Yep. You know. So for today, for this week, for this series, for the year, God is faithful. Trust mm-hmm. in him and all that you do. Yeah. So that, that was a lot. Um, and I'll tell you what, this podcast was meant to be the short one. The short one. <laughs> but I guess the whole podcast, you know, initially was, hey, let's just capture what spiritual conversations look like. Overflow. We're going to throw in some funny <laughs> stuff and some serious stuff. But, you know, I, I will say honestly, like what just happened in the last 30 minutes is you and I in my office or your office yeah. th- two or three times a week. Riding, through, riding you know? to lunch somewhere. And, and so while it is very, um, I don't know, appealing to us, enjoyable to us, we know that those that are listening, you, you quit listening 10 or 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's, it's not to say that, you know, yeah, we're more, we're more Christ-like than y'all. We're more spiritual. No, this is just what really gets gets us going and encourages us and challenges us and you know this is a passion of ours but i hope that in this you gained greater Mm -hmm. appreciation and understanding of of everything that does go into when we stand up on wednesday night Mm -hmm. you can trust that we didn't at 130 on wednesday kind of get an idea okay let's see what we can throw together for tonight we want to give our students at rootville road over a seven-year span you know, uh, we want to go to the whole counsel of the Word of God. And while in a given year we may not touch every book or, or theme of Scripture, we hope over the course of seven years through Wednesday nights, Sunday school, refuels, camps, um, one night workshops kind of a deal, that we can cover mm-hmm. multiple themes. And so, um, you know, but too, you may be also energized by this kind of stuff, and you really appreciate the conversation. So either way, it'd be great to know, to hear mm-hmm. from you, and go, yeah, probably don't do that again. But word of warning, yeah. I think after every series, 
we come back and we revisit and we walk through that series and kind of give a little bit more explanation as to, okay, why did we do that? And how was it helpful? What's some things that maybe we've changed? Or maybe next time we, mm-hmm. we do talk about David and Jonathan yeah. and not talk about, you know, the Saul pursuing him part. So, um, or, hey, if you want to be on the podcast, you're listening to this, you're like, man, I would love to be a part of it. Come on. Yeah, because um, Thanksgiving is coming up in two weeks and we're going to be doing a special Thanksgiving at least recording during that week to where we hope to get some students in. Totally. Um, so and we can we can we can have multiple students. And um, so if you're interested and you're like, yeah, I'm game. I'll be on the podcast. Um, we'll get with you and, and we'll kind of give you a little bit of direction. We won't put you on the spot. We won't embarrass you. And, and I mean, you don't have to like know a lot of scripture. I mean, we don't have to just just come hang know, out with us. Just come hang out with us. Be a part of the conversation. And you may say two words, but we want you here. So if that's you and you're like, dude, I would totally. Mm-hmm. If nothing else just like to get out of the house on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving, let us know. You can see us at church. You can email. You can text. You can Facebook. You can Instagram. You can um, all those mm-hmm. things and get in touch with us. So uh, we do appreciate it. Next week, Rock Feast, which is Wednesday, November 18th. And then the um, next week, no rock. No rock because it's Thanksgiving week. And then we come back for two weeks of, of um, kind of an Advent, Christmas kind of a series where we really turn our eyes to the coming King his birth, and we look at different angles of that and just have some fun diving into that truth. And then, I don't know the date, but that third Wednesday night in thanks, uh, in December, we'll, we'll definitely have like a tacky Christmas kind of a night, chill night, um, hopefully be able to do like a bonfire mm-hmm. like we mentioned last night. So hopefully that'll work out. If not, um, you can know that we'll have a, have a cool time, and at the very least, we're, we'll get together, we'll read the Christmas story together as a family. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, we get to share a meal as a family, Rock Feast, and we get to gather around a, a, a fire and read the Christmas story as a family. Cool. And that's really cool. So in the meantime, we love you guys. We thank you guys um, as rock students and leaders and parents or just as somebody who stumbled across this podcast. Um, so we thank you for listening. And we want you to know, too, um, if you would like more information about our ministry and even our church, you can uh, you can find those things out at our website, therocksm.org, therocksm.org. Um, as far as our church affiliation at Rootful Road Baptist Church, you can find out more about our church at rootfulroad.org. So we would love to see you. If we've never met you, we would love to meet you. Um, so have a great week. Have a great next two weeks, and we'll see you to celebrate Thanksgiving together through The Rock podcast.